So how are people spending money differently during the COVID crisis? Initially, there's a run on some supplies. Remember toilet paper being gone? Well, now that we've settled in, what did the stats say? We'll have some interesting numbers that may also affect the way you look at your own wallet. We're diving into this topic with the Arthur with the Arthur, the author, I love doing this live, behind the book bow down, <laughs> Lindsay Goldwert is with us right. on today's Buddy with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's dad finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan. I'm Joe Salcihi. I'm Lindsay Goldward. I am the author of Bow Down, and I'm the host of the Spend Podcast, and I am a personal finance writer and reporter. And a personal finance nerd, I think, too. And, and a nerd. What do you think so? Nerdier. Absolutely. Own it. I could be nerdier. I could be nerdier. I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, this is the show where we cover recent stories ripped from the financial press. Today's comes to us from the LA Business Journal. Not only do we read them like some other podcasts, but Lindsay and I are going to dive into how they affect your wallet, what you can do to invest, save, and pay down debt more effectively. And if that's not enough, we'll also share a big idea at the end of today's show that you can take with you to be better with money the rest of your day, all in usually less than 20 minutes. Today's show is brought to you by A. Trader, investing in farmland simplified. I grew up in West Michigan, which is all farmland. Good news. You don't want to be a farmer unless you know what the heck you're doing. But investing in farmland is a whole different thing. You still need to know what you're doing, but I really like it for the right investor. We'll talk more about it later. But if you want to go watch the explainer video, head to acretrader.com forward slash MWF for more. We didn't scare her away. Lindsay Goldwert is back for day two. And I told her when we were setting up, I'm like, every single person uh, uh, during the intro thinks that they're supposed to talk during that time. And congratulations. I blew it. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> but I told you that that was going to happen and you won't be the last yeah. one. That is everybody. But it's but it's great to have you back. Thank you. Uh, you did choose this piece. Tell, tell me why you chose this piece. So I chose this piece because I tweeted something um, yesterday, the day before, about how I don't think after being home. So I'm in Queens and there hasn't really been a lot of places to go. Nothing's been open. Um, I've been, you know, I've been watching what I've been spending. You know, it's a hard time to be a writer these days. And I, I've just my, I've cut back my spending enormously. And I was thinking about now that things are open and, you know, brick and mortar retail is open. And, you know, I'm no longer worried about. I have as much anxiety about getting, you know, delivery people sick, which I still do actually. I don't think I'm ever going to go back. I don't think I'm ever going to start spending money in the way I used to. When I used to go to, you know, CVS or something, I just throw some extra stuff in my basket and I'm not doing that anymore. And, and I think it's going to stay the same, but now now there's some data coming out where people are eager to start. There's, there's always different data. People are eager to start shopping again. And when some people are saying, no, like this is, we're saving and I want to keep saving. It's, it's funny you say that because, uh, uh, Cheryl, my spouse and I went to a, a restaurant for the first time last Tuesday after, after, uh, things opened up and it was probably a little early to do that, but, but I still, Lindsay have to say that, uh, I got a little emotional that I was actually back in a restaurant because <laughs> I've been craving going back oh in a God. restaurant for so long. I haven't eaten in, I mean, there's a coffee shop near me that, uh, is open, but I haven't been in a there's no sitting. I haven't sat in a restaurant since, since March, yeah, it's early cr- March. It's crazy. Well, let's dive into it. But first, let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. This is Andy from Derby, Vermont. I just like hanging out and chatting about the news. That's why I tune in to Money with Friends. All right. This piece is written by James Cutchin. It's called Bye Bye Bye. And Lindsay, you want to do the honors? Absolutely. 
Local pharmacy and drugstore spending has jumped 78% year over year in the second week of March, according to Facius data, while grocery store and supermarket spending rose 57% over the same period. The week following, both categories saw year-over-year increases of over 40%. Panic buying was the main driver behind the boosts, with spending growth in these categories deflating as the pandemic wore on. Crystal Russell, a consumer psychologist at Pepperdine University's Graziato Business School, said that the buying spree was driven by the perfect storm of psychological factors. Descriptive norms, she said, caused caused people observing mass runs on items like toilet paper to imitate peer behavior and enter buying frenzies themselves. Prescriptive norms, on the other hand, made people feel obligated to purchase items like hand sanitizer following guidance from following guidance from health officials on hand washing, according to the professor. Uh, together, she said, these factors led to supply runs that reshaped grocery and pharmacy spending in the early lockdown period. As demand for groceries and drugs cooled, another local sector saw an unexpected mid-pandemic boost. Home supply warehouse stores experienced large year-over-year increases in consumer spending each week between mid-April and early June, according to the factiest data. As its mid-May peak uh, at its mid-May peak, consumer spending at these businesses was up more than 100% year over year. That's when you see people trying to make the most of being locked up. Russell said they're doing home improvement projects, planting gardens, and trying new recipes. Many local sectors, however, were more negatively impacted by the lockdown, with dine-in services only recently open. Spending at restaurants has been down between 50% and 60% each week since late March, according to uh, Factius. And this piece goes into into more areas, uh, talking about, obviously, department stores having issues, uh, uh, fast food restaurants, uh, typically generate less consumer spending than traditional restaurants, but now, of course, they've overtaken restaurant formal restaurants and they've stayed ahead because people are going to use the drive-through yes. a, a lot more. But let's talk specifically about how it's interesting to see. We have these runs right at the beginning of this. We have this panic buying, which yes. I found interesting, and then we kind of settle into it by going, you know what? As long as I'm going to be here, I might as well fix up the place, and. Yeah. We also saw, we did a story, Bobby and I did a story, Lindsay, about uh, cheap artwork places online selling tons of cheap art because people are all of a sudden they're at their home office and they're like, well, I might as well make it look good. So interesting. Yeah. So how's, yeah. how's, how's, how's yours change more specifically? So I think I was the kind of person where I never, I was never a shop, I'm never a shopping addict or anything. I'm one of those people that just buy online endlessly. However, I'm one of those people, you know, I've got to go into Sephora when I'm, when I'm feeling a little lousy. I'll buy a lipstick. I'll be in, in, in Dwayne Reed or CVS or whatever, and I'll look in the makeup. But obviously, makeup is the thing. Um, and I'll just kind of throw extra things in my basket. And and those things add up. Those you know, I'll order takeout. It's always the little purchases that add up for me. It's like $20, $30 here. It's never massive purchases. And it was interesting. When I went into the pharmacy to pick up a prescription the other day, I was going to go, I went into the, into the skincare aisle and I put things, I, I put it back. I'm like, I don't really need this. And I thought about, that was the first time where I thought about like real need, but needs versus wants and how, uh, I, you don't have to buy everything that you, that you want. And if you really, th- and I, even though I talk about personal finance, I never really thought about that before and how I really, I, I just didn't need certain things and how I don't want to spend that money on, on stuff I don't need. And I, and I don't, and I have saved a lot of money, you know, I'm not going out. You know, I, New York's a very expensive city to live in. You know, I'm not even taking the train. I'm just home, you know, eating, you know, SpaghettiOs for dinner and my husband cooks and ordering it occasionally. And it's made a big difference. And I, I don't want to go back 
I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to go back to being a mindless shopper. And then, cause, and cause that, cause the, the book I wrote is about power and I, I'm starting to find more ways where I can feel powerful in the world and saying no to things I don't need is a way, a good way to feel powerful. I That's interesting because for, for me, it was very much the same. And I looked at it like it was an experiment, you know, that, um, that since we're here, let's see how, how we like it. And I, and I have to say, you know, family dining around the dinner table that we did a lot less of back in the day when we could go out to a restaurant that now was, is much more fun. And I want to keep doing that. Like there are things that cost less money that I really find myself now, Lindsay, wanting to do. Absolutely. People have been saying, you know, like, you know, I mean, you know, like board games with their kids are nice or cooking has people rediscovered cooking. And I have my, my theory about all that stuff is that it is great, but work life is going to get more back to normal. And I think, you know, people had were working at home, so they had more time to they didn't have that hour commute. So they had time to spend in the kitchen cooking dinner. So being able to there's a lot of reasons why we spend money. I'm very empathetic toward people who spend money. You know, I'm not a shamer in any way. And, you know, people say, how could you spend fifteen dollars for a salad for lunch? So what, like, what do you want people to do? You know, you know, it's, it's difficult out there it's, it's hard you know but i think if people can try to hold on to some of the lessons of things that made them feel good as they looked and this is literally i don't i never suggest anything that i don't do or i don't feel and i'm hoping that people can and the reason why i also chose this article was because it's based out of la um they have a massive unemployment rate there's been a massive change in lifestyle over there and i just was very interested in thinking about why do people spend money on the things they spend money on and just trying to figure out trying to ask themselves why, why here, why this project? And also why is everyone else doing it? Am I just doing it cause they're doing it? You know? Well, it's interesting you say that we, we do the show live, uh, on Facebook. If you want to join us, uh, while we make the show, feel free. It's at uh, facebook.com forward slash I Benjamins. And we come on at various times and do the show. So you'll be surprised, but Adrian's hanging out with us, Lindsay. And she says, I read an NPR uh, article about how high income earners aren't spending like they were pre COVID-19 and that accounted for two thirds of pre pandemic spending. I was reading uh, a similar piece today and it seems like the luxury aisle, right? Is it seems to be the place that's suffering the most yeah. Pe- people. I think maybe you're realizing that the luxury stuff isn't what makes us happier. I, I you know what? I think people start, you know, I'm not, you know, there's higher earners, you know, these people, I'm not talking about billionaires, People still have to send their kids to college. People suddenly have to figure out different things to do with their money. I mean, in New York, all, a lot of the wealthy people fled. I mean, there's just not a lot of, I think it was fewer wealthier New Yorkers in New York right now. So who is shopping on Madison Avenue and Fifth Avenue as they open up? The answer is nobody, you know? I mean, and if, and if tourists can't come here to spend, if they don't want to take, take a plane, like there's all there's a lot of different reasons why people are spending less or spending, spending differently right now. They could be spending all their money on Airbnbs. They could be spending all their money in different sectors, you know? I mean, I don't believe that rich people stop spending money. I just think they've allocated it to different sources. Is, is there any spending that you used to do that you really miss now that you've been home for three months? Oh, yes. I, 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 you know, I, I, I miss going out. I'm a New York girl. I, I love going, I love meeting up with my friends. I have a lot of, a lot of wonderful friends that I, that I adore. I miss, you know, I've wanted to live in New York city my whole life and I've been living here since, for most of my life. And I, I, I miss it. There's a reason I didn't flee. <laughs> I, I stayed. So I miss that very much. I miss, um, I guess that I miss going, I'm not even a food person, but I miss going out to eat and gossiping with my friends over, over a drink. That's, 
That's why you live in New York. That was, that was totally me. I completely craved restaurants, but, but other things that I spent money on, not, not so much. Like I, I, I found no, that. So yeah. And I, and I, and I found that even though my grocery budget was uh, much, much bigger, sometimes double, because since we weren't eating at restaurants, I go ahead and buy more expensive things at the grocery store. So we'd have a nice meal, but still grocery store versus eating, eating at a restaurant. I saved boatloads of cash. I mean, yeah. I, th I think my, uh, my overall budget cut my expenses cut during that three month period by 20%. Sure. I mean, that's, it's, you know, the, the, but the funny thing was, and you know, we, um, you, know, you live in New York, you know, we are busy, you know, we do get deliveries. Some, you know, it's very easy to get stuff delivered to you. And sometimes like, I, I was thinking to myself, well, we, you know, I made something for dinner. I think I made like a, I made a sandwich for dinner and I was like, this is just as crappy or, or good as anything I would get delivered. You know what I'm saying? You start to really see the quality of what you're paying for. And you're like, I can make something just as, just as crappy as this delivery. <laughs> Not just as good, just as crappy, you know? So it, it just got me thinking about what I was spending my money on. And really, was it, was it good? You know, or was it out of, you know, was I do it out of laziness? Does it just feel good to have someone deliver foods? You know, I really try to pay, I really try to measure the why of things versus the, what I should be doing. So, um, yeah, I have a rule. No more. I'm not buying any more beauty stuff unless I need it. Like, unless I need new shampoo, I'm not, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. For, I'm done for the year. I'm not buying any new clothes. All my clothes fit. I'm good to all. And it's really exciting. It, it feels, it feels good. Cause it, these are, this is a very volatile time. I'm a writer. I, you know, my year has not gone the way I thought it was going to go as most people have. You know, I, was say, I think that's everybody. <laughs> yes. You know, but a lot of people's income has changed. You know, mine has definitely gone up and down. So I, this needs to be a time where I really do think about what I buy, you know, so that when I do get back on track, hopefully soon, I'll be in a way better place and I'll feel more excited about getting back. So I, I think this is a really good time for people to just feel good about how they've saved money during this time and just keep going. You know, when you talk about some of that stuff that you're not buying, it just reminds me, we, we have uh, from time to time on our Stacking Benjamins podcast, a health ex expert, a guy named Angelo Poli from MetPro who's on. And Angelo uh, works with a bunch of celebrities, works with executives, and he talks about the addiction that all of us have to sugar, right? And about once you break through that addiction, then your body doesn't crave it anymore. And don't get me wrong. He says the cookie still looks good. It still smells good, but you don't have that addiction to it anymore. And I'm wondering if this is a similar thing, if there's an analogy there for spending, like, I think yeah, like you were addicted to buying some of this stuff and now you're looking at it and you're not addicted to it anymore. Cause you I'm a big believer in food, food and finance. If I ever read another book, you know, I think that is, is all so similar and it just like it feels good. You get a rush of sugar. You eat that cookie. It feels so good. You get that. It's, it, feels, it feels good to click that Amazon button. You get you get a very similar chemical rush in your brain. And I think that if you can, you know, and that's the thing. It's like before you, it's like just before you think before you click, you know, and just think before you buy it. You know, for me at this point, it's easier for me to resist shopping than it is, you know, easy for me to like resist a cookie, you know, although I have been doing pretty well in the health regard um, during COVID. But I think that. Yeah, it's, it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. And, and I, and people might, are people probably dying? It's, it's, you know, it's very funny. Like I went in the, in April, things, things, things were very grim in the part of Queens where I am. Um, and there were people who were just, I could feel near people were desperate just to go buy something, to just hold something in their hand and buy it. And there were people kind of wandering around my Rite Aid, like holding things. And I kind of, I understood how they were feeling. Like it feels, first of all, it feels good to buy something. It feels good to, to, 
have something new in your home. It gives you a sense of security to purchase something. There's a lot of data, which I don't have, but I just I'm gonna have a lot of emotional data, but why it feels good to spend and why it feels comforting to spend. And I think that, you know, not having places to go made people very uneasy for a period of time, yeah. not having a place to spend their money. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember feeling that like, uh, three weeks in four weeks in and kind of feeling like I broke through that. Uh, uh, Annette who's hanging out with us says I've chosen to live smaller so I can stay home with my son and thrive on one income. I va- I value family dinners. I, I, I have to say just Cheryl and I hanging out and putting some uh, music on grabbing a bottle of wine that was in the bottom of the refrigerator that we totally forgot about. Uh, <laughs> it's been, has been great. Um, you know, very much our own making, uh, uh, yeah making it a night out adrian what is dinner what is it for that's the question it's it's the why of everything why is a restaurant feel better than eating at home what is the thing we're trying to we're trying to achieve when we go out do we want you know and and if you say like i can't cook tonight i'm going to kill everyone have go out you know (laughs) if it's just if it's just ease and you want there's all these ways to kind of figure out what you really want um and if you need to spend money to do it yeah Adrian says, if I'm ordering out, I like this. This is, this is fun. I only order food when I, when I'm ordering out that I can't cook or I haven't learned to cook yet. So if, if, if Adrian's eating out, she's going to, she's going to find something creative that she can't yet do. That's fun. Yeah. If you can make your own sushi, Godspeed. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's not me either. No, I have trouble making my own waffles. So sushi is <laughs> maybe beyond me. In just yeah. a second, Lindsay and I will have our takeaways from uh, today's piece. But first, want to say a big thank you to everybody who's used our link when they went to acretrader.com to check it out. You know, I'm a kid that grew up on in the west side of Michigan, Lindsay, where there were farms all over the place. How many farms are there in Queens, New York? There's a few farms. There's the, there's the, uh, there's the Queens uh, farm museum. There's a beautiful working farm. Awesome. And, uh, so did you grow up on a farm? I d- grew up on the opposite of a farm. I grew up in the suburbs and Long Island, New York. Well, the cool thing about Acre Trader is that you don't have to be a farmer. By the way, being a farmer is very difficult and growing up working on farms is hard. But I'll tell you, you only need you do need to know some specific things, but there are only a few things about being a landlord to farmers. Acre Trader goes and they buy a field and they subdivide it. You own a little piece of that field. And then they take care of the soil sustainability. They're right down the road from the University of Arkansas, which is a fantastic agriculture program. And these people are right in America's breadbasket. They get farming, so you don't have to. But what you do have to understand is that every year before the farmer puts uh, a crop in the ground, they pay you their rent and you get a piece of that rent. And then you only get your money back when they actually sell that field, which is why you have to be what's called an accredited investor to uh, invest in Acre Trader. It's not for everybody, but you look at farmland historically and the way that it's grown and not had a lot of the ups and downs that, that commercial real estate and residential real estate has had, there's a compelling case that maybe you can make for your portfolio. So check it out for yourself. Head to acretrader.com forward slash MWF. Watch the explainer video. And that's just the beginning. You need to do your homework, whether it's take a trade or something else. But for me as a farm boy, Lindsay, I really like it. So works for, works for some people. All right. What's our takeaway today, getting back to COVID and how we spend money. So my takeaway is um, I had never really heard of uh, prescriptive versus descriptive norms. And I'm pretty fascinated. I'm going to be keep reading up on that, but I guess the, the takeaway for this is, 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 Look at where you spent your money during this time and don't look at it like it was bad or good. Just take a look at it with clear eyes and just and think a lot about 
why you spent it? Did you spend it because other people told you to, because you saw the ads on Instagram? Did you spend it because you needed it because you were frightened? You know, did you buy all that hand sanitizer and Lysol because you know, what you saw on the news? Just give a just give a thought about what why you spent it, what you spent it on, who told you to spend that money and if and and how you would like to reallocate that savings or reallocate those thoughts going forward. And also just think about what you want to take away from this from this time as things start to open up, as life gets a little more back to normal here in Queens. I don't believe it. I'm still hunkering and wearing masks and going, I'm, I'm still taking it pretty seriously. But yeah, just think about what you learned and how you can put these things going forward and just be a, be a better spender, be a better consumer and make yourself happier. Man, and the piece of what you said that I really want to emphasize as my takeaway, Lindsay, is just living thoughtfully. I feel like um, there was a part of my life where I just kind of floated through a lot of my life. I didn't really think about how I spent money. I thought about my career some, but but I realized that maybe I was just uh, I was just tired because we had young twins at that time, and so I was just floating through. <laughs> but, but but examining what you do and asking that question of why. And I feel like sometimes, especially when you're just floating, you, you put the hand up, you're like, yeah, I don't want to go there. I don't want to think about that. But man, is it, while it's a little bit like going to the dentist, I think it's very powerful to ask yourself why, why am I buying that? What is it? And you know what? It doesn't make it wrong to buy that, to buy things. No, just ask yourself why. And that's the thing too. You know, you think, no, why did I eat that entire cake? You know, why did I go to Sephora and spend a hundred dollars on things I didn't eat? There's a reason why. And there's an emotion. It's usually an emotional reason. It's like I had a bad day. I hate my job. There's always a reason behind the reason. And I think, you know, and, if, and it's interesting if you say you, or you buy like a cookie after work every day, it's not the quite the problem isn't that you're spending $5 a day on a cookie after work. The problem is why do you feel like you need to buy a cookie after work? Do you hate your, do you hate your, do you need a new career? Yeah. That's the larger economic issue. To me, it's not the cookie. It's what's making you so unhappy that you feel the need to do. And that's the thing about thoughtfulness is not like, Oh, you're bad for spending. It's like, well, what's the reason behind what you're doing? And maybe it's something that you could really make a change on. Next, next time you're on, we got to, we totally got to talk about the prescriptive versus descriptive. Cause that's, I, I'm dive in. I know I love, I love learning new things. I'm, I love learning new terms that I didn't know. And anything behavioral finance is my, is I'm obsessed with. Well, and that's a takeaway too, Lindsay, that we didn't get to get to, but the fact that there's these norms, right? I mean, we're fighting against these norms that we've established for ourselves, And it's sometimes Absolutely. it's, be- it's because it's what we've always done or our family always did. Sometimes it's because everybody else wants toilet paper. So, so do I, even though I have 50 rolls back at the house, I see another one. I got to get it or, 100%. yeah. Or, or, you know, people are telling me hand sanitizer. So I really, you know, no, I, I tweeted something out that got a lot of, a lot of people. I said, what was the craziest thing you bought um, at the supermarket during the beginner madness of, of coronavirus? And people, and people said SpaghettiOs, like, cause like a canned foods, like a, in a carnation instant breakfast, like, like, like massive bags of rice and beans. Like, and it was just so interesting how, and now what they said, and then now, like, now I have now what we never ate them and now I have to eat them. I feel guilty now. So it's just, I mean, they weren't wrong for buying all those SpaghettiOs because that was the mentality because there was genuine fear. Yeah. What if, because people were, were talking about the food supply being interrupted, blah, blah, blah. But it was just, it's really funny to look back and just be like, why did I buy it? You know, it's just, it's just to me, it's just a lot of fun to think about these things because it was, there's nothing, SpaghettiOs eight nine cents a can. It's okay. I was gonna say I'm not. Too, I'll eat SpaghettiOs all day. I'm not too proud to eat. That's what I also learned. I'm not too proud to eat SpaghettiOs. I am. I am eight years old at heart, Lindsay. I will oh, always. I've eaten SpaghettiOs right during this period of time, and I'm not sorry. If I can have the SpaghettiOs that look like the alphabet, those are the ones I want. Please. No, the can says that's twenty percent of your best of the day. Well, there that's you the go. Status. I'm, I'm gonna. Well, you know yeah. what that means. <laughs> you know exactly what that means. That it means you eat five cans. 
done. I feel it never felt better. Yeah. Because of math, hashtag math, right? Uh, uh, Lindsay, your book is Bow Down. If people want to check that out, where do they find it? You can buy Bow Down any place you want. Um, Amazon, your local independent bookstore. Um, I tell people to buy on bookshop.org because it helps out independent bookstores. But wherever you want it, you can find it. Um, it's getting it's gotten some really nice reviews. The comedian Sarah Cooper, uh, who's a, who does all the Trump stuff, she's she she wrote a blurb for it on, on the back cover. You can also buy it um, in paperback on January 21st. That's so awesome. And then uh, you said you're working on some other projects. Can you talk about what else you're working on? Uh, I, I can't exactly because everything's sort of in the because as I said this has been a kind of a crazy time but yeah I'm just I'm working on with a few people trying to figure out um, if I'm going to go back to work full time or what projects I'm working on so I'm I'll know more in, in probably six weeks I'll have a better idea what uh, 2020 is going to look like and you'll be the first to know I promise well you're going to be back here in four weeks so speed up the timeline and we'll ask you again then that sounds good to me <laughs> the faster the better she's Lindsay I'm Joe we'll see you again back here next time at Money with Friends bye bye everybody. This show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends, LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at Money Friends Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I am Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it. <laughs>